Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. This is William. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As we as we said yesterday, uh, we're going to be doing a different format, all right, and this is the start of it. So welcome to the first touch topic with the London is Blue, where we skip the normal trappings and dive right into a single subject. You already know myself, Dan, and Nick. But joining us for this quick conversation is Louis Beneventi, head of the Chelsea Echo. And according to his Twitter profile, Justin Bieber's chubby double. Welcome. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, I, I think uh, let me address the Justin Bieber's chubby double bit. I was very drunk and I'd watched The Dictator for the third time on the bounce at the beginning of quarantine. And I just like the ring when he goes, Justin Bieber's chubby double. And I was like, you know what? We'll just we'll just leave it at that and haven't bothered to change it because you know what, yodo. <laughs> you you. It's easy to forget about those things too. Once you put it in your profile, you don't see it, yeah, so no, it just it, lives. People are like you don't look anything like Justin Bieber. I said no, I'm much hotter. There's a difference. Okay, I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. Um, all right, well, Nick, uh, what's going to be our topic for today? Yeah, so to get into it, uh, we are playing two have to go outside of the players out of contract at Chelsea at the end of the season, your, your Williams, your Pedros, et cetera. Uh, we know there's a floating target at the moment. Let's imagine it's, it's June 30th. Who are the two players outside of those out of contract, Brandon, since, since we had a little trouble with this in the pre-read, uh, that you would look to move out of Chelsea? Uh, and Danny Drinkwater can't be selected by anybody is the rule. So... <laughs> Because we, I think we all are in alignment there. Is the Let's free see. spot in the middle of your bingo card? <laughs> yep. 
So everyone hit on Danny Drinkwater. Yep. All right. So Dan, why don't we start with you, Dan? Ooh. Okay. So if I'm getting two out, my preface is is that I would want to make sure that I could get maximum return on value for the players of getting out. So it helps the club's balance sheet. So if I could get two out and bring a two in. Here comes Angola Conte. Oh, no, no. Angola Conte stays. I I would send Jorginho and I would send Kepa out. I think just in terms of the overall cost on a yearly basis for the players and kind of what might be available on a lower cost, given what potentially is going to happen from an economic situation, if you could get Kepa to go and if you could get someone to pay his wages, if you could get Jorginho to go, maybe two back to Juventus, reunited with Sarri, those are the two that I would look to uh, to move on and see if we can't kind of fill either internally or, you know, get kind of stopgap solutions or find kind of our next new number one keeper. So then definitely the assumption is that there's an adequate buyer available, correct? Correct. Yes, that, that would be the other assumption we would need to make, which is uh, maybe not a good assumption to make, but that's what I'm wrong with. You, you would probably have better luck with... Jorginho than Kepa right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, there's an immediate market. His name is Mauricio Sarri. He works at Juventus. <laughs> Have you heard of it? Um, it's a club in Italy. Small club. And yeah. he's a big fan of his son. All right. In, in case you're worried, Nick, I mean, for those that are like 14 and uh, use Twitter a lot, that's, uh, that's Piemonte Calcio that's in FIFA. Just, like, <laughs> I, just in case they're getting slightly confused. <laughs> so true. Um, brilliant. All right. Well, Louis, I guess, you know, since you're, you're on a little bit, who do you think you would want to move out the two players and why? Well, I, I think, Dan, you're being horrible for Kepa because 70 million, nine-year contract, I think he's 24, <laughs> 25. So, you know, I think, you know, stay in your lane, son. I think we'll start there. Uh, <laughs> secondly, see, I kind of want to look at getting rid of a centre-back So I'm just looking at this now, but I'm not 100% certain. I think Jorginho, I agree with. I, I think he's a superb player. I think there's no doubt that he's... Uh, definitely excelled this season. I feel that he's kind of had the, uh, the the strings loosened a bit by Lampard this year. Like, sorry, saying he couldn't pass a long ball last year. And then, you know, we've seen him do, I don't know, about four and a half billion of those this year. You're like, oh, wow, he actually can do it. Um, so I think it's one of those where I think he's superb, but he's too much of a specialist player. And the problem we have at the minute is if you look at that midfield, we you're looking at probably a three at the back, so a three, four, three, or you're looking at a three, five, two. Jorginho always puts in horrendous tackles because he can't tackle. Not his problem, not his fault. You know, it's just something he can't do. Uh, and uh, I think that, you know, you, you kind of want a bit more of an all-rounder. So when people always talk about how good a passer Jorginho is in that deep line position, he doesn't have the coverage in front of him just yet. So I'd rather cash in on him because he is 28 and ra- and do that now rather than wait for a, him to turn 30 and mm-hmm. sign somebody who can offer that cover because at that point you're not going to get the same revenue return. Um, I am just looking at older players here. That's what I've been doing while we were while we were talking. Uh, I, I would have sold Willian like three years ago, but you know we we turned down sixty million. But you know, you know whatever whatever floats your boat. I'd probably look at Ross Barkley as another person to get rid of potentially. Um, you know, even though he kind of had a slight renaissance towards the back end of uh, this season, obviously he played really well against Everton, played well against Liverpool. I feel that, you know, you've got Loftus-Cheek coming back into the side who's two years younger and is just as good, if not better. So that's one of those where he's someone else you could look at. You've got Billy Gilmore as that young player to come in as someone who potentially could make a difference as well. 
And I'm going to put, I'd like to put forward Mitchie Batshuayi as another one. I think he's, he's, it's a toss up between him and Barkley for me because Batshuayi is just great on Twitter, but not anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Well, so, so a thought there. So, yeah, obviously Mishi's an interesting one, but I think the the Barkley one's a good shout because you think, look at the likes of maybe like Connor Gallagher out there. You know, if you want to promote another youth midfielder into the team, maybe next season, that again reduces the wage bill, brings in another player, gives us kind of that fresh rotation. And you know, Barkley, you know, it, it's had enough good performances I think this season that there would be a club out there and interested for him. Like there will be a Ross Barkley market which is crazy to think about in terms of saying, Nick, I, I, I don't think we would have said that maybe the beginning of the season when he kind of had that massive downturn in performance, but with the rebound a little bit, I think he's definitely in a place where someone would come in for him. Yeah. I mean, I, if I, if I could jump in on the Mishu one, like he was, he was someone that I was looking at uh, to be fair, because I think if I had to keep one of our other center forwards, it would be Giroux, and it's not even remotely close at, at this moment in time. And uh, even though I think Giroux's wages will, will be expensive, it's still probably worth a one-year deal just to see if he can help us out for another year. Um, Mishi's tough uh, because I, I don't think he fits in. He's still young, so there, there could be a market for him, but his mm-hmm. performances haven't been good enough to really warrant like a – decent enough bid to make it worth our time like if we if we could only do this two sales thing like you're probably not getting your maximum return for for mishi and so then i'm kind of thinking do, do i pivot off of him and do i go look at the midfield because we're also high on billy gilmore and we want ruben loftus cheek to come back healthy and you know we we all kind of agree on Jorginho right now like, is there another spot that would free up, you know, what is, you know, the most stacked position in our team? Um, I'm not sure right now. Like, I don't ever want to sell N'Golo Conte. I think Kovacic is our player of the season. It would be ludicrous to sell him uh, after after the shift that he's put in this year. Um, you know, you got Billy, you have Ross. You, you Some of these guys who will never play for us again uh, – you know, probably Lewis Baker, Van Hinkle, et cetera. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're going to have to play six in midfield to fit all these guys in that we want to, that we want to play. And it's, it's just hard. So I'll, I'll go with Jorginho. And I think, I think I'm going with someone like, uh, Rudiger, uh, which is a weird wow. one. Really? Interesting. You are a Rudiger stand too, Nick. Well, just yeah, elaborate on that. Obviously, I think a lot of people would be surprised that out of all the center back options, you go you go with him. Right. So midway through the season, it would have been Christian said no, no doubt in my mind, um, just due to form. But I'm kind of looking at both of them. Christensen's a couple years younger. Um, I think probably is the better passer of the two. You know, the way that Frank wants to play this system. I think we've seen that they're both adequately bad in the air <laughs> and defending. So, you know, if I'm if I'm just being kind of honest about who I think I could get the most return from out of those two, uh, it would probably be probably be Rudiger. And I know that sucks, but we all I think see the desperate need for a top class center back to come into the club and and anchor uh, for years to come. And I don't know if we have that guy right now. So. 
It's a it's a harsh one, I know, and I love Rudiger, but if we're just playing the math game, I think that's the way to go. You look at every single position, though. Like I think the biggest problem that we have is it's just in general there is an issue with the spine. We don't have that, and you look at the major size; they all have that. Um, Rudiger's a really interesting one because I can see where you're coming from, but when I look at the finances, I feel even though he's been great, if I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Christensen, I feel you would get more value out of because I'm mean, when you're talking financially, you sell him to a Munchen Club back again, or he goes to a Barcelona or an AC Milan, or a small, or maybe not a Barcelona, but a smaller club. Then you get a sell on, you put a sell on fee, goes to a Barcelona, goes to a Real Madrid for a, a good portion of money. You then get more finances through the door because he is so young. Whereas Rudiger, it's kind of a, okay, we'll sell him to one club, he then hits maybe 30 and then by that point it's almost redundant he's you're not really going to get any value out of that at all but it, it really it's like i don't know there's so many ways to look at this i love it oh it's yeah like it, 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 it it's hard though like final point on this to counter your counterpoint rudiger is homegrown and doesn't cost us nearly as Christian's much as homegrown? The, oh yeah sorry Kristen's homegrown rudiger was a transfer fee so mm-hmm. we're paying amortized wages with rudiger um, even though he didn't cost us as, nearly as much as, as some of our other uh, top underperforming talent. Um, so it's it's an interesting one, right? Because Christensen probably has two deals left in him. Rudiger has one. Mm. And it'll it'll be interesting to kind of see how that plays out. But I, I see him both ways. Like Zuma, I, I don't think we're going to get a ton from Zuma in, in return. Um, you know, and I think... You know, it's Everton, you know, would look at him. There are probably some other Premier League clubs that would look at him, but he can really only play in a in a two, not a three. But he's, he's also our best aerial center back at the moment as well. So by far, right? Yeah. So look, yeah, pack it in, defend like all hell. Zoom is your man, right? For that middle mm-hmm. of the table clubs, which would be we saw him do really well, Everton. Well, I'll jump in right away. So my my first pick was actually Christensen. Um, and I know I'm in the minority on a lot of this. I just haven't been that impressed with them this season for whatever reason. I know a lot of people disagree, but to me, like uh, when I look at my center backs, I want them to at least be able to physically impose themselves on a striker. I want them to be able to put in a hard tackle. And so maybe it's just my preference of player. Christensen is a very smooth player that reads the play well, to your point. But I don't really see him getting stuck in, and I don't really see him disrupting the other team's attack. And to me, I feel like that's really important, especially when you go into Europe. Um, That is an advantage that English teams have, is that they can be a little bit more physical and put European teams off their game. Now, the other reason I'm thinking that, and I understand your Rudiger comments, but I look at what Van Dijk did at Liverpool and how you can literally pair him with anyone and they are immensely better. So to me, I go, all right, well, if you pair him with a world-class center back, let's assume that Rudiger can now hit higher levels and still be a bit of a general and still be a bit of a a nasty bastard at times. I, I just, I like that side of him. And again, it could be purely my my te- my stylistic preference on that. And I understand Christensen just, even on his good games, I think I've been like, eh, and you guys have all been like, he was great. And I'm just like, I just didn't see it. So I totally understand that that's probably just a, a choice for me on that one. I'm starting the campaign for more bastards at Chelsea Football Club. Oh, yeah. We need more... More bastards. I saw. I saw. I saw. I put a tweet out about uh, Fabian Delph 
being one of those players where, you know, he he was a bit of a bastard and he was someone who just did the hard work and did the groundwork for City. Yeah. And Dennis, and there was another one about Dennis Wise doing his coaching and people are like, oh, you know, it's it's not important. You know, you just need to be playing beautiful football. It's like, well, no, every team needs to have that bastard. Every team Can't needs someone that does the work. Yeah, but it can't, can't, nah. I mean, if you look, you look at... He made a career look, out of it. He did. I mean, but in terms of being the bastard, someone who does the hard yards, you've got James Milner does it for Liverpool. Delft did it for City. I think for us, you've got Aspilicueta who's played everywhere along the back line where he's told to play. You've mm-hmm. got Rudiger who did it in his first season and last season before he did his, uh, he had that major injury where he was just putting in those hard yards, putting in those hard tackles. It's stuff like that where if you if you have those types of player, they, they can bring a lot on the pitch and off the pitch. The problem with Christensen is he's he's a massive confidence player. Mm-hmm. So he got, he got turned inside out by Messi and that was him done for ages. People weren't sold Broken. by him. Lampard then says, oh, no, he's really good. I want to keep holding him. Starts playing him more. And as soon as Lampard's back to him and he's playing, Christensen's come out of the blocks. Is that somebody who long-term is going to be someone who you can turn to in a Champions League final or a, a big league game and be right? I know you're going to dig in. I know you're going to do what we need you to do. Because as much as people say it doesn't matter anymore, it does. Because football's as much mental as it is physical. And I don't think... I think a lot of people can't get their head around that sometimes it's it's the emotional intelligence that you have as well as the game intelligence which is so important and i feel that you know rudiger does that well there's the other element with christensen too where he is super fragile Mm. so when he does go in for the physical element and look i love the danish prince i i didn't make my list of people that i would send out the door but he has a problem with staying fit you know he whether it's the hamstring issue He's been concussed at least two times, probably more than that. And that is where my worry and concern would be with him is as a player is that, you know, can you rely on him as a number one slash two all the time? Or is he a rotational player? And is he okay with that? I, I, so I think to Brandon's point, I definitely could see where he's coming from. And I think any of the center backs you could pull out. And I should probably clarify. So my approach is where are the biggest needs in the team? Um, and I think, you know, going along the spine, that's exactly where I'll be as center back and striker because I'm not looking to maximize funds. I'm kind of looking at where the depth of the needs are. That's just my approach to this. And I feel like a center back, a top, top center back cleans up the outside backs. It cleans up the other center back. It can clean up the goalkeeper even. And that's critical because I really wanted to sell a left back. But if you think about it, they're probably good enough if we if we needed to. They're not ideal, but to me, the bigger opportunity, we've all seen the stats this season. Chelsea have created an immense amount of opportunities, haven't finished for shit. So I would move Mishi purely in order to bring in a new striker, not because of finances or anything, but because whether or not Giroud stays, you know, Tammy just needs someone else, either A, to take the burden off of him a little bit, so it's not only down to him scoring 25 goals a season, uh, and also to give us, you know, just some competition and to, to add goals that position. So again, just from a need standpoint, and then you've got your center mid with Kovacic and N'Golo Kante, you know, you pretty much feel good there. You add another striker, either to boost Tammy or to take over Tammy. And then you've got a world-class center back. Um, I think those are the two big changes that I would make to this squad and kind of the reasons why. So again, love Mishi. At the end of the day, though, he just hasn't proven it no matter how many runs he gets and things like that. So, um, And now Lampard has essentially frozen him out as well. So it it's kind of a, hey, we'll always be mates, but <laughs> it's not working out. Yeah. I mean, 
it's also, you know, Chelsea's been putting on all of these like matches from 2014, 15. And as we were talking about bastards earlier, there, there is a difference between a hard tackling James Milner and complete shit housery in Diego Costa. Right? <laughs> like, uh, I miss that. And, and, and it's like, it, it's, it, it proves to me a, a point that, that maybe works in Brandon's favor on his argument is like, if you could find a Diego Costa esque, but maybe like 10% less shit housery just to keep everyone fucking sane. <laughs> um, you know, shithousery can come from anywhere. And especially if you have a dude who's just willing to run around and make center backs uncomfortable all game and maybe do a little eye scrape here, a little nudge there or whatever. Like, I watched some of the shit he got away with that he would absolutely not get away with now. Stepping with on center backs' feet. That's, oh that's the issue, like, is that Diego Costa under VAR would have gotten plenty <laughs> of red cards. Diego Costa without VAR, clean as a whistle. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, I think you can, in the effort to get more bastards at Chelsea and shit housery, uh, is as a key component of that. I would hope that whoever we bring in has a little bit of that extra. Bad taste in my mouth. I, I, I put up my fist right away. I like, no, absolutely not. All right. Um, yeah. Burnley's bastards. He fits right in there. Uh, all right, well, uh, just to recap, Louis had Jorginho and Ross Barkley or Mishi cheating the system a little bit. I had Christensen and Mishi. Dan had Jorginho Keppa, and Nick had Jorginho Rudiger as well. So uh, let us know what you guys think. You have to have two out there. Hit us up uh, in the comments, on social media, wherever you want to put them. Obviously, on Discord is where we will be having that discussion. Um, but that's going to wrap this one. Again, part one done. We'll have part two and three later this week. Louie, we're bringing it back for part two and three. So buckle up. It's yeah. going to be fun. Always. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, Chelsea fans. And until next time, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.